0: So this morning, I just want to tell you a little bit about the last week and my preparation for this particular homily, just to kind of break down the fourth wall, give you an idea of how this normally goes. I love prepping for homilies. I love giving them. And God bless Deacon Jim. Who's very often offering to take the homily for me. And as I tell him, look, that's like saying to a kid at his birthday party, I know you're busy. I know it's been a big day. Let me open the presents for you. It's like, buddy, I appreciate that, but it's like my favorite part of the whole week. I love getting ready for this. I love getting to get up here and share my love of Christ. I love getting to do the scripture study. And this week, I knew we had the confirmation retreat last night, so I knew I needed to get ready early because I have to get a text to Sonia, our uh, front secretary receptionist, because she translates it for me for the twelve thirty. So I knew I needed to get this done early. So I started reading the readings last Sunday night, reflecting on them, going through them, and I just had nothing. Like, I felt like I was hitting a roadblock. They're, they're, normally, there's like 12 different things. I'm like, oh, I want to tell them. And Michael told me last week, that's exactly what I did and went in like 14 different directions. And sorry about that. But, like, I get excited. Well, this week, like, I just, I mean, we've heard the transfiguration so many times. We're in Lent, and it's like, what is the deal? Why can I not come up with anything And it's funny because so last night at the Confirmation Retreat, I preached on the same readings. And of course, I'm preaching to the kids on the Confirmation Retreat, so it's going to be a little bit different. I'm talking about their vocations, the fact that we're part of salvation history, just like Abram, you know, just like we're going to get in all these first readings. But you all aren't on a Confirmation Retreat. I can't just like give the same homily. But the thing that kind of struck me was last night as I was closing the mass with the prayer after communion this prayer kind of smacked me in the face and we're going to hear this in just a little bit at the end of the Eucharistic prayer as we receive these glorious mysteries we make thanksgiving to you O lord for allowing us while still on earth to be partakers even now of the things of heaven to be partakers even now of the things of heaven Now, it's an interesting thing when you think about it because we do get to partake in the things of heaven. We get to encounter Christ in this life. We get these little glimpses and foretastes. But the issue is, and especially looking at something like the transfiguration, like Peter and James and John at this point of the gospel, we're still on the way. We're not done yet, right? Like, I'm still on the way too. Like, we know that Jesus is risen from the dead. That's why we can talk about it. As he says at the end of the gospel, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Why is that? Because this is fantastic. This is amazing. And we may expect, like, if Jesus is going up there and getting all transfigured, why are we seeing this all the time? Well, we know that he's raised from the dead. We know that the resurrection has happened. And that shines a light on everything and gives us hope even when we have to keep bearing our crosses. And there's a lot of difficulties in this life. There's a lot of things that we have to keep doing, but we know that the resurrection has happened. And so to hold all of that together and to try to put it all into words, I think Peter is the best example today in this gospel. And in a way... Kind of like a good patron saint for us preachers. Because when you look at this, in the midst of it all, all this awesome stuff that's happening, what is Peter able to say? Lord, it's good that we're here. Like, that's great, Peter, you know? Like, and sometimes I feel the same way, you know? It's like we look at all of this glory, all that we have around us. The fact of the matter is, is that death won't win. And it's hard to put into words how amazing that is pretty good that we're here, guys. Isn't Sunday Mass awesome? Like, that's, I feel like when you look at Peter here, it kind of works that way. And I think this gospel kind of gives a warning about how important it is that we approach prayer in the right way. You know, I've heard for years that the whole thing about Peter saying, if you wish, I'll make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And it's always like, okay, we get to the top of the mountain. We want to, you know, put down our tent. We want to stay there. And I think that's a fine interpretation. But quite frankly, I don't think it gets to the total heart of the matter. And I heard this in one of the many commentaries I was reading this week, searching for something. And here's what's going on. You look at Peter, and this is amazing. Jesus is showing forth all this glory. His face shining like the sun. His clothes, white as light. You would think that Peter would already be in awe, amazed, blown over by the fact that Jesus is showing him the fact that he's God. But Peter still just continues to speak. He wants to do things. And notice, he wants to do the same thing for Moses and for Elijah that he's going to do for Jesus. He's putting him on the same plane as the other great teachers, as the other great prophets. It's as though Jesus is one more in the ongoing history of the way it's always been. But it just isn't the case. Jesus is so much more than anything else. I mean, radically more, distantly more. He is God, we are man. Of course, he's also fully human, but he's fully divine. And even as he shows all this glory... Peter still just presumes to talk to him and he's going to treat him just like Moses and Elijah. And that's when the heavenly father, so to speak, steps in the bright cloud, shining, casting a shadow over them, which is an interesting paradox in and of itself. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And notice at that point, that's when the disciples hear this and they fall on their faces and are very much afraid. Now, I bring all of that up just to say, when it comes to our prayer lives, we shouldn't treat them like everything else. It's not like it's one more task in the midst of our week, as sometimes, even though I love it so much, it's like I'm tempted to treat preaching. It's one of my many tasks. I've got to get done along with everything else, with stations, with the funeral, with the meeting, with this and that and that. But when we approach God... It's different. It's not just another of the series of the tents that we build. You know, hey, Jesus, I'm taking care of you, taking care of the family, I'm taking care of the taxes, I'm taking care of work. It doesn't really work that way. And we have to be able to step out and to be in his presence. Yes, it's another homily of saying it's important to pray. But I think sometimes to make sure that we do it in such a way that we're open to being overawed, to being overwhelmed even by the fact that God loves us so much that he is reminding us through this gospel, through the word of God, to listen to his son. Because I think even as we get into Lent, and maybe this is why the church gives us this gospel so early on in Lent, is just to show us the fundamental importance, the absolute essential nature of being in the presence of our God who loves us. And of course, this is right after Jesus has predicted the passion. It begins like, you know, as we talked about for a long time uh, during the Gospel of Luke, it begins the death march to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the cross, but he knows what he's doing. He knows how to handle this. His love shines through. And unlike Peter, we don't have to just keep talking. We don't have to make this one more thing. We don't have to just keep checking off prayer off the list. Like, okay, I got my five minutes in. I'm going to go on to the next thing. To be able to rest in him and to recognize the fact that he does act. He does very much want to be a part of our lives. And this is the incredible thing too, the same God who casts a shadow over them, who overawes them, who causes them to be prostrate in front of, of him and afraid, is the same one who approaches and touches them and says, rise and do not be afraid. Because my brothers and sisters in Christ, we need it all. We need both the knowledge of knowing that even in this fallen world, right, where there's so many things that are being questioned, so many of our foundations that are just like under new ridicule, right, even from leaders in the church. And what we need to see is that the same God who casts the shadow over us, the same God who created it all, the same God who inspires overwhelming fear is the same one who wants to touch us and tell us, don't be afraid. He has this, right? He loves us so much that he's going all the way to the cross. He's going all the way to the depths of hell out of love for us. And really, as we get in this closing prayer, that we're so blessed. Why? You know, thank you, Lord, for allowing us while still on earth to be partakers even now of the things of heaven. I don't think the issue is with the building the tents. I just want to stay on the mountain. I think too often, We don't even go up the mountain. We don't let the Lord take us aside and overwhelm us with his incredible love. I mean, look at the sunshine. Look at how awesome it is. The world continues to turn. We continue to be here. Kiddos, middle schoolers, who don't care about anything, left their phones at home and are right now on retreat loving our Lord. It was inspiring. It's a beautiful thing. If we'll stop... And let him speak through everything. And for us for a second to be quiet and not say, it's good that we're here, I need to talk about it. But to just be quiet for a minute in his presence, to let him open up for us the heavenly realities, to recognize that we've not just been left alone in the sea of uncertainty, but his love continues to shine through. And that all powerful love, which is overwhelming is the same love that can be so gentle and break through. And the thing is, I know that transfiguration moments where it all kind of shines through for us don't happen very often. I can only think of one in my life. And it was a day in seminary. I was 24 years old. I was in my first uh, semester of theology. And it was after fundamental theology class. And I was so confused in the class. And it was overwhelming and all this work. And it was difficult. And I'm like, I'm going to go outside and pray a rosary. So I was walking around. I was near High Street there in Columbus. And all of a sudden, as I was praying the rosary, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I started crying profusely. And all I could say was, it's all true. It just all of a sudden all made sense and was an amazing thing. And it's not because I was able to articulate it. It's not because I did something amazing other than to let Jesus take me aside. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know what the full practical context of it is for you to let him take you aside if that means leaving your phone like in a drawer for a while and just sitting in a chair for five minutes. I don't know if that means going for a walk. I don't know if that means coming here for adoration on Wednesday nights, which I highly recommend because that's an awesome place to be. But make the time. Step aside and be with him in prayer. And the other thing I would say is as this Lent is a new Lent, don't just think, well, I've done these prayers in the past I'm going to do the same ones again. Okay, do the same ones It's fine. But make sure that you open up the place to be overawed, to recognize the fact that we're not the ones in control, to be like Peter, not just taking control to do something once again right away to treat Jesus just like Moses and Elijah, but to be overwhelmed by the love of God and grateful for the fact that that same God touches you and says, rise and do not be afraid. Praise be Jesus Christ.